Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Desuckify Work Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Watson Jordan, founder of the Resilience Initiative. His perspective is both powerful and deeply personal, and I'm grateful we had the chance to chat. During our conversation, we talk about the beautiful simplicity of Watson's 531 Resilience Plan and how its focus on our inner circle, our community, and our core belief can lay the foundation for a life well-lived. We talk about the unnerving accuracy of the Why Institute's discovery tool to find your why and how it can deepen our resilience and transform the way teams communicate at work. And we talk about the power of resilience to guide us through times of grief, even when that grief shows up in unimaginable ways. I love this conversation, and I love how Watson shows up for it with integrity and enthusiasm. I hope you love it as well. Okay, Watson Jordan, welcome to the Desuckify Work Podcast. Thank you, TJ Bennett. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be some wind in the sails of making work suck a little bit less today. So uh, I appreciate I that. Your mission. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear some of what you're doing in this space. I know you're doing some really good stuff, but before we get into that, I want to give people a chance just to kind of get to know you quickly. So what's the, what's the quick intro to Watson Jordan, and then maybe one thing that you're kind of feeling most passionate about these days. So the, the quick intro is I'm based in Asheville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and I run the Resilience Initiative, and we promote resilience around the world. And nice. we do that by speaking, by facilitating team events. Uh, I do some writing, probably um, more than I should, but uh, it uh, every once in a while, something comes along and kind of go, well, I got to write that. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I have a podcast and I work closely with the Y Institute. So mm. that's a very rewarding partnership for me. So that's kind of the, the quick bio. So mm. I'm overeducated, married, <laughs> have kids and one good dog and two pugs. So <laughs> kind of a, a pack of kind of uh, animals. So that sounds... It sounds pretty wonderful. Um, I think we'll try to get into all of those things that you touched on from the podcast to the Y Institute, et cetera, et cetera, because I think they can all connect back to this idea of, of desuckifying work. You know, one thing I like to ask people to kind of get a, a level set on where you think things are, you know, what what's your point of view on the state of work right now? Where does it sort of sit on that suck, not suck scale? You know, I think not sucking is gaining some ground. And I think mm. there are two big elements come to mind. Mm -hmm. One, when I was 30, which is a long time ago, that's 31 years ago, mm -hmm. there were more people than jobs. Yeah, There were 100 people for 50 jobs. So it was a super competitive market to get a job. Mm -hmm. Um, which is very different than the way it is today. Mm -hmm. so to use the same wrong uh, ratio. Now, yeah. there are um, 100 jobs and there are 50 people. So hmm. that's a real shift in dynamics. I'm sure that that ratio is incorrect, mm -hmm. but it has flipped to more of a worker's market than an employer's market. Hmm. So I think there's a lot of upside for that. It's certainly rare um, in our kind of industrial history. Hmm. The other yeah. piece that I'm really hopeful about is a, a byproduct of the pandemic hmm. was mental health and health and culture really got more attention yeah and and some from really tragic events there's a a suicide crisis slash epidemic mm -hmm. primarily among our countries and kind of the world's young people yeah 
So that's a real, that shift of, hey, mental health is the same as physical health. Mm-hmm. There's no, people see someone working out some way. So like I work out in my little garage in my driveway and I go mm-hmm. to yoga, and, but I work out every day. So all my neighbors kind of go, oh, that's the guy that works out every day. Yeah. And, and they go, wow, that's a great habit. Mm-hmm. I think the wow, that's a great habit is much more easily applied to all the things we do to fortify our mental health. Mm. You know, and, and you can fill in the blank, but whether that's working with a counselor or a therapist, mm-hmm. I, I and one of the things that I promote really enthusiastically is we need to redevelop and rediscover our skills at connecting with people Mm. both in our personal life. So kind of who are the five people we're close to, you know, Mm -hmm. we belong to different communities. Like I went to Rotary this morning, you know, Mm -hmm. and you get to share things that happen and you get to listen to things that happen. So, but the two pieces I think there's just more work and fewer people, which changes the landscape because then Mm -hmm. employers are kind of going, Hey, why are people leaving? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yeah, because there are better places to work than, and then people kind of go, really? And you go, (laughs) which is kind of a eureka moment, kind of, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Yeah. Well, there are ways, there are really great people at helping organizations develop a culture where not only do they retain people who are good for the organization, but maybe more importantly, they're able to really attract people mm-hmm. who working for the organization is fulfilling to start with. So mm-hmm. it's a better alignment on the front end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a couple of things interesting in there, Watson. I mean, I think that sort of flipping the ratio certainly paints a better picture for, for, for employees in the workspace. I think it shifts a little bit, obviously, with the economy. And some people right now might be feeling less of that. But I think on the grand scale, yeah, there's there's clearly been a movement to to sort of Pay attention to what matters to employees. Employee engagement has become a big discussion. Um, you know, f- helping employees find purpose and meaning in work has become more. And I think what I what I appreciate about that is obviously that's a, a healthy trend. But what what you want to see more of, I think, is companies recognizing, uh, in addition to that being a function of of a different ratio of employees to jobs, etc. It's a strategic advantage, right? If you if you create yes. an environment where people are more engaged, more fulfilled, more motivated, find more meaning, they're going to do a lot better work for you. And if you have a group of people like that, and your competitor has a group of people who are frustrated, there there's night and day difference there. I mean, does that does that connect for you? And have you seen some of that in the work you do? Absolutely. And you know, just the the best organizations want the best people that fit the best Mm. Mm -hmm. and and not fit the best for Tuesday or for this week, Mm -hmm. but who have a a really clear idea about, Hey, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do to get there. You know, so it's much more collaborative. Mm -hmm. You know, the cultures are, hey, we're trying, we don't have all the answers, but we, this is where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how you can make a, you know, a little model. This is how, what we're doing works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but I think it is the best, you know, when that is happening, you know, mm-hmm. because, and then if you're in a competitive environment, mm-hmm. boy, the, if, if your people are better and better aligned and more mm-hmm. intrinsically motivated, yep. you can't buy that. I mean, yeah, that's another kind of 
people are people care about money because money's a real thing. Sure. But they're not driven solely by more money. In mm-hmm. fact, there's a point where it can people have said things like, Yeah, I wanted to actually talk about this and they offered me more money. Mm. It was like, yeah, you're not you're not getting it. Yeah. It's like they're uh it's almost like hush money at that point, right? It's like take your take your X thousands of dollars and and stop talking. I don't want to hear it. And that's a that's a pretty awful cultural state to exist in. Does not draw a crowd. No. <laughs> um, one of the things, I mean, it's obviously right there behind you, you know, uh the right. word resilience. I, I I wanna I wanna dive into that because that's a word that I resonate with a lot. I think um more and more i hear people talking about it but i'm curious what what attracted you to that word and all the meaning behind it and and how has that become the focus of the work you do so the the backstory so you know let's we we're going to watch it in chronological sequence not mm-hmm. in the uh, start in the star wars type of and now we'll get to the story. Mm-hmm. um my wife and i had a son william Mm. who died Mm. and in the wake of his death there was a day in the autumn where i was looking out a window and i was drinking a tepid cup of coffee Mm. and a pretty horrible pile of regrets and bad questions were just piling up next to me Mm -hmm. which in and of itself is a pretty normal part of grieving. So I don't want to kind of, that should never happen. Right. But I was kind of at that point and I was looking out the window and I'd looked out the window the day before and kind of within me, you know, in my soul, Mm -hmm. there was a message and it was, you can stay here as long as you want. Mm -hmm. But when you get up, you can never come back. Hmm. So the permission to stay and the instruction really was very powerful for me. So mm. I stayed a while. And once you ha- sometimes once you have permission to stay as long as you want, you find out you don't want to stay all that long. Mm. It's a little ironic. Yeah. But I got up and I didn't come back. And I started putting my life back together, mm-hmm. which takes, I don't know how long it takes, but I'm sure it takes more than a year. Yeah. Um, and one day, a couple of years later, I was running at the track and you may be able to, you're so bright. You may be able to sit down at your desk and go, I'm going to have some good ideas. And they just pop right in. Hmm. I've never had that experience, Okay, but I have, when I'm doing something at Hmm. that point, kind of running at the track, often I would kind of go, Hey, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it came to me, kind of running at the track, that our son William just didn't get a chance to live the life that he might have. But if I could help someone else have a life they never would have, Hmm. that would make sense to me. That would resonate with me deeply. So that led to kind of looking at what happened. And I I wrote a book about our uh, life with William. And I realized that I just, there were a pile of regrets piling Mm. up on the floor because I was asking really horrible questions. Mm. So I went, well, we got to ask better questions. So a key part of what I do is kind of go, what are really great questions to ask? So one of them is, who are the five people you're closest to and do you like them? Are you glad they're the people you're closest to? Because that whoever we surround ourselves with is massively mm-hmm. important. I would yeah. say I can't think of something more important. Mm-hmm. Than that. There may be things that are equally important. Yeah. And I realized that so much of the, the growth and healing I got came from belonging to communities. Yeah. And so and participating 
kind of investing in them and harvesting from them, not leading them, but kind of mm-hmm. being a participant. You know, yeah. my, I go, yeah, like I go to yoga. So they, their teachers need to teach and I need somewhere to go to get taught. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of our exchange. And, you know, it's the beauty of leaving my phone in the car and I kind of go in. Mm-hmm. It's good to know what our core belief is. So that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. I find that doesn't have always a super clean answer, hmm. which just means we're being thoughtful about it. Yeah. And why do we do what we do has gotten to be a big question. And a lot of my work revolves around helping organizations. So having events mm-hmm. at organizations where we use the why operating system and the discovery algorithm Five, mm-hmm. a look at the organization for look at the people first and mm-hmm. then look at how the people interact. And so that has really gotten to be a super fun for me, mm. but also very productive. I mean, we just did one for a school in Charlotte, North Carolina for the John Crossland School. Mm-hmm. And we did an event for their executive team. Yeah. Where we looked at that, and the, their takeaway was, this has been so impactful for us. We're, we want to give this experience to all the adults that work at the school. Mm. So well. I think that's a really kind of good example of a culture that is working. Mm-hmm. Kind of go, oh, this is really important to share. They found Mm -hmm. a way to share it that worked for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they are attracting and retaining people that are the best match with their students. Yeah. So if if schools don't stay student-centric, that's confusing for me. Yeah. And they're very student-centric. In fact, the, the head of school goes, I like to figure out how their brains work. And I was like, wow, wow. I really, that's, I like you. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's awesome. kind of, so in, but the name you asked about, mm-hmm. I was uh, involved in a few things uh, here in Asheville. Mm-hmm. The biggest kind of trying to support my friend Keenan Lake and his movement. My daddy taught me that, which is really working too. Hmm. Uh, lead and invigorate uh, the underserved youth. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my friend, Diana Wu David, and I went through her future proof cohort. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what I was doing. And if you had looked at my desk and seen all the things I was doing, you would go, well, you're kind of enthusiastic, but that's a mess, man. <laughs> and, but she's, well, we knew each other pretty well. And she said, you know, all the things you do really have something to do with resilience. Hmm. And it struck me like a spear in the chest. Mm -hmm. And I immediately knew the name. I immediately knew. And so it just all, it was all this stuff in the air. And then it just totally laid down. All the doors opened and boom, Mm -hmm. away we went. I love that. I mean, I think there's a couple of interesting things there. One your whole story is obviously inspirational. And I think it, it led you to where you are right now. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of beauty in that. And I think there's a lot that, that people listening or watching can, can find inspiration from, but when you get to that moment where the word resilience is, is given to you as a, as an idea, and you can suddenly just like, like all the latches just fall into place. And you're suddenly like, that's, that's me. Um, first of all, what a gift to be given that opportunity. So that, but for you, and this is something I think a lot of people are searching for. Um, it's suddenly just like your path forward becomes so much more clear, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm the resilience guy and I can, I can put everything, all these disparate, you said, you know, I've got all these cool things I'm doing, but it's a bit of a mess. It's like, okay, now I can gather them up put them under the heading of resilience and see where they fall. Um, 
Did that make a big difference for you in terms of having real clarity about what you were doing going forward? It did. And it just provided some focus. Mm -hmm. Different people talk about, you know, you it's if if I will kind of go, oh, I'll do anything for anybody, Mm -hmm. then I'm suddenly the person that no one wants to do anything with because there's nothing really to attach with. There's no Mm -hmm. There's no Velcro in there. It's yep. just, well, that's mm-hmm. really nice, I guess. But mm-hmm. you narrow it down a little bit. Like if you go yep. to someone for help and they kind of go, well, how can I help you? And you kind of go, will you help me? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. at this understandable but oddly counterproductive way because people want to help. Yes. And if you kind of go, just help me. You're really cutting them off at the knees. Mm-hmm. But if it can be more specific, mm-hmm. it's really helpful. Like, yeah. oh, I'd like to meet someone in recycling. Mm-hmm. Kind of go, oh, I wonder if I know anybody in recycling. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that kind of umbrella of resilience literally led to originally there was a executive writer series where we talked about what made or an organization resilience, what you mm-hmm. know. We had four kind of prompts the Mm -hmm. my second book was about resilience and how the COVID-19 pandemic made us wiser and stronger Hmm. so it was about looking at what's happening in the pandemic Mm -hmm. how we people stayed resilient and they were interesting I just asked well, the, the book was fun because I had been working on some essays mm-hmm. and I had kind of enough where I went, well, I can't not publish this. But I went, you know, what the world really doesn't need is 20 essays from me. Mm. But what the world really would benefit from is if I reached out to 40 people initially who mm. represented a really beautiful kind of look at the globe in terms of gender and age and race, all the ways that we we're, we have variety. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to all those people and I heard back from all sorts of people and they were really wonderful stories. And some were about persevering and some were about, you know, making a course correction. And, you know, mm-hmm. but it was really fun to kind of go, oh, people found a way to kind of keep moving forward, to keep mm-hmm. connecting with other people, to find something heroic or, no, heroic is a really nice word, yeah. to do something meaningful, to kind of, to go, this is, what have we found? And, you mm-hmm. know, clearly, or for me, it's quite clear that we learned that we need each other desperately. Mm -hmm. And there are great things about virtual connection. Mm -hmm. There are really great things about in-person connection. Mm -hmm. And when that's absent, it's problematic. Mm -hmm. But I was also amazed at all the things that can happen virtually. Yeah. I think that was a, you know, you, you always, you know, when you're thinking about resilience, uh, you know, we faced obviously a lot of challenge through the COVID period, both in terms of the the the, the pandemic itself and then all of the, the sort of knock on effects on our sort of physical and emotional state. Some of us just didn't quite know how to react, but a lot of people found ways through that that actually feel like an improvement of maybe where the trajectory would have gone without it. And I think that's, that's what's interesting about resilience. And I, I think when, when life throws us something that is unexpected and hard, um, there's something remarkable about the human condition that, that so many people are able to not only survive it, but come out with some kind of new perspective, new way of being, new way of thinking, to your point, maybe asking different questions when when you're moving through the world that that you're actually in a you found a way to grow 
through that. And I think that's, that's pretty impressive. And I wonder in some of the stories you've heard, and, and I think about the world of work, have you noticed anything in particular in that world in terms of people finding a way to, to make work work better for them coming through all of that and finding some resilience? Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I see is for, so fear is not really our best friend. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a much more, more, people are more readily willing to kind of go, you know, I think I can do better on my own, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean they have to, but when we have choices about what we're going to do, Mm-hmm. I can, oh, I can work for myself or mm-hmm. I can talk about these three things at the organization that I really wish were different. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go, oh, well, I'm everyone is holding some cards. Mm-hmm. So the, the strength that we build makes us realize we're not powerless in the equation. Mm-hmm. So if people well, there have been many years where people kind of go, well, I can't lose my job because mm-hmm. I'll lose my house. And if yeah. I lose my house, I mean, there's this domino of mm-hmm. disaster. Yeah. And I think that's much less at play now. Mm. And people are going, hey, I wish this was different. And mm-hmm. Here's what I'd like to do about it. So being willing to kind of go, and I'm not asking you to change it to make me happy. I'm Mm -hmm. going, we really need to work on this and I've got some ideas. So willing Mm -hmm. to kind of invest to kind of, and that's, I think it's increased communication in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think the, uh, there are more and more ways to have kind of perhaps a portfolio career. Mm. And, you know, the idea that, oh, I'm going to work for company X for 40 years, Mm -hmm. retire is, that has less, smaller legs than it ever has. Yeah, no, I see that. And so people kind of go, oh, I can make some money fishing and I can make some money, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you gotta go, and then that'll be a very satisfying life for me, which mm-hmm. gets to all of a sudden your life sucks less. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the power of resilience means not only can I entertain some different thoughts, whether it's going out on my own, whether it is creating a bit of a portfolio career where maybe I'm doing something part-time or fractionally, and then I have a couple other things I do on my own. Um, Maybe there's project work, I pick up whatever. Um, The resilience, and I think this is what I love about the work you're doing, Watson, is it, it sort of steadies people for some of those leaps, right? You know, because yeah, while the cost of entry is lower than ever on some of these things, because technology enables us to do things ourselves a lot quicker, there's still that occasionally that little nagging thing inside of us that says, can I do it? And I think the more people build that resilience muscle, the more they're one willing to try the thing. And then they're, they're more confident that if they try the thing and it doesn't go exactly as you planned, okay, I've got this resilience muscle inside of me that's going to help me figure out where to go from there. And I think that's what, what I'm hoping to amplify a little bit w- with, with some of this desuckify work. It's, 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 it's showing people that it can be done. Having people like you talk about the fact that not only did you do it for yourself, but you're now bringing this, this gift to lots of other people and helping them find that resilience. Because I think that's, that sort of cumulative effect is what really creates the massive change. It's not, it's not this top down thing. It's this bottom up thing of lots of individual people making these kinds of changes. So I, I love that. And um, one thing that you do in your portfolio career that I want to touch on a little bit, because I think it's a way of amplifying again is speaking. So you go out and you speak to people and you, you talk about resilience and I'd love to hear a little bit about, that part of your work world and you know if there's any stories maybe that have come out of that for you where you realize the impact you've made in helping somebody 
find a, a better way to be in the work world? You know, two things come to mind. Um, I'll start with the, you never know what's going to happen. But I was mm -hmm. at Rotary this morning. Yeah. At an actual breakfast Rotary because I, mm -hmm. I like I like going to breakfast. So that's yeah. um, out to breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, and I sat with a friend, John, who has just sold his house and he's going to move somewhere else for a while and he may move back. And mm -hmm. I had spoken at Rotary about what I was doing a while ago. And he said, you know, I also had kind of a pretty dark moment. Mm -hmm. And it really meant a lot to me that you talked to us. And I just wanted to let you know. And at some point, it would be really nice to connect about that. Mm -hmm. So that's sometimes the universe kind of goes, hey, you're doing something. It's yeah. good. Keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah. The part was speaking that I've really two pieces that have been on my mind. Mm -hmm. I've always liked speaking. Yeah. I was always comfortable doing it. And I just never got the message that that could be a part of my professional life hmm. at all. Interesting. So I was ironically, so for me, the easiest thing to do is to give a talk. And the hmm. hardest thing to do is to write a paper. Hmm. I can do either. Yeah. R writing is just really, or it's hard for everyone, but mm -hmm. I would um, if there's a group of people who it's hardest for, I would kind of think I'm in that group. Okay. But I've always kind of been really comfortable speaking. In fact, I worked at a school for a long time and mm -hmm. they, the kids had to, seniors had to give a talk at some point during the year. Mm -hmm. So every year I would go to whoever was running it. And I would say, look, if you find yourself suddenly with five minutes to go with no speaker, no problem. If you hmm. give me two minutes, I can come up with a 15 minute talk. Wow. No problem. Nice. So, but I never knew I could do that professionally. Mm -hmm. I never knew that that was. So it's been really fantastic because I'm 61. So you mm -hmm. kind of go and I'm a big believer in, you know, I need to make it easier to be successful, not harder. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit about, you know, knowing what you're good at and trying to do more of that. Mm -hmm. So it's really been empowering to kind of go, yes, I can do it. I talked mm -hmm. to someone on LinkedIn this morning in Texas, and I hope I'm going to be able to do a program for her, but it's, it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. and you find, especially we talked earlier, it's not kind of a message. It's my message. didn't be nicer. Although there's <laughs> something I like about that. Mm -hmm. There's a pretty specific element of, you know, we, we benefit from taking action. We benefit mm -hmm. from breathing hard, you mm -hmm. know, work out with, you know, we mm -hmm. like, that, you know, but momentum and trajectory Mm -hmm. Part of what makes our life fulfilling. Yeah. You know, everyone dials that in differently. Yeah. You know, it's resilience is about regaining our momentum, you know, mm. getting going again. And the, uh -huh. the thing that you mentioned earlier that I think is just worth doubling back to mm -hmm. one of the reasons I think people are more resilient now professionally is because they've seen other people be more resilient. There's nothing, nothing mm -hmm. engenders more hope than seeing someone else do what you're yeah. interested in doing. Mm -hmm. So there's just more of that. It's easier to find it. It's easier to, I mean, I think whatever, whatever it is, you mm -hmm. can find a group of people who are enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Or, or Star Trek, kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, Snoopy or yeah, cats or yeah, or pugs. videos on Instagram. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true, and I think you know that connects back one to your thought about community, right? And yeah. I think oh. you know, I, I love that word, and I think there's 
there's two expressions of community. And I think we're a little better at one than the other right now, which you're kind of just talking about uh, what you can find a lot of in the virtual space, right? Which is I can find, you know, I'm following five different groups that are all about Snoopy and it's like, right. I love it. It's great. Um, <laughs> but, and I think everybody, I think people do pretty well at connecting to that, but I think through the pandemic and some of this stuff, the area that people have, maybe struggled with a little more is reconnecting to to in-person community you talked about the rotary for yourself um, or even the simple act of like you like to go out to breakfast and if you go to the same place every once in a while that becomes a bit of a community for yourself um, absolutely and, and i think in in the world of work you know I'm a big pr proponent of remote work and, and i'm also fine for those who want to do in person i think it's I think it's a better world when we have all those choices anywhere from fully in person to fully remote. But for the folks who are who are living more in the remote and even slightly hybrid state, you know, what what can they do to find in-person community if it's not necessarily as as overtly in front of them in the workplace? You know, are there other alternatives for people to to find ways of connecting in person? There are. And I, so my example is when my children went to college, mm -hmm. the college was full bore going, join our club, join mm -hmm. this club, join that club. You know, we have clubs doing these things. Yep. And it's delusional to think that that's not happening in the real world. Mm. There are all sorts of groups. And, I, you know, I kind of go, yeah, join a bowling league. Yeah. I mean, I mean identify something you have some interest in mm -hmm. and it can be almost anything mm -hmm. and there there are groups of people getting together to do that the other thing that i find very powerful mm -hmm. is volunteering mm. yeah yeah you know because it takes the you know it i'm volunteering to do this you know whether it's a dog shelter or mm -hmm. um supporting a, a homeless shelter or mm -hmm. really kind of anything. Yeah. But volunteering is one of the things that is super available, mm -hmm. you know, in America. You know, yeah. You want to volunteer? Not yeah. a problem. Plenty of plenty of opportunity. And I think what's interesting there is, you know, one of the the benefits of working more remotely is that your schedule becomes a little more flexible, right? So suddenly where maybe if you were working in office five days, your remote opportunities are kind of post work or weekend. It might be that people need help Wednesdays at two and you can be like, I can do that because right. I can build my schedule around it. And I think, you know, what what I, I mean, I love all of it. I think the bowling league is great because I think common interests um, energize us and, and add to that momentum in our life, which is a word I love, by the way, the idea that we need to find our momentum and resilience helps us do that. Um, but the volunteering not only feeds the momentum of our life and gives us a sense of progress, but but one thing that came out of COVID for a lot of folks in terms of what they were searching for was purpose and meaning. Um, and we can find that through the work we do, but volunteering obviously taps into that on a really deep and personal level, whether it's an animal shelter, a homeless shelter, working with 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 people who are who are sick, working with you know whatever it is, Habitat for Humanity, that kind of thing. Um, I love that ability to connect to purpose, and usually when you do those things, not only do you just feel good about doing them, it spills out into the rest of your life, and suddenly you're you're better at your job because you feel you feel more whole. And it all have you have you experienced that with people that you're talking to as well? Absolutely. And you know mm -hmm. the one of the the pieces that you you mentioned, you know, as work becomes more outcome driven, mm -hmm. and less butts and seats driven. Yeah. And that you know an outcome based position is a much better, you know, I think of kind of the chariots and Ben-Hur and kind of going, oh, you know, well, you want to know if outcome-based is a horse and purpose is a horse and, mm -hmm. you know, but they're they're pulling together kind of in some orchestrated mm -hmm. 
unison type of way. And then a really good organization goes like they did in Ben-Hur, plug mm-hmm. for an old movie that's a goodie. You kind of go, oh, well, we need to put the house, we need to reposition the horses mm-hmm. so that they work better together. You know, you yeah. want the fastest horse on the outside in Ben-Hur. But mm-hmm. they're all sort, you can run, pardon the pun, with that kind of as, as far as you want. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, people are happier when their lives are growing and they kind of open up a bit. Yeah. So just the encouragement to, yeah, volunteer. And if you don't like volunteering, then join a bowling league. Yeah. Uh, Find something to connect. The universe rewards action. Yeah. Yeah. And so just stepping out and there are all sorts of safe place ways to do that. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's another area where, where COVID put a little bit of the brakes on action for us for a while. And for some folks, it, it, that inertia, it, it's just overcoming that. And it's, and like you said, but just taking that one step to, to join the league, to go, to go meet a friend for breakfast, honestly, whatever it is to just start to create action in your life um, makes a big difference. And, and, and coming back to your, your uh, horse metaphor, I think, it's just a good thing for leaders to think about when you're working in an organization, particularly our, our, our more outcome-driven organizations, to be aware of the different needs and wants that, that teams have um, from things like purpose and meaning to feeling a sense of being able to contribute um, and just paying attention to that and knowing you, you, you might need to realign those horses a little bit from where we were five years ago or certainly 10, 20, 30 years ago. I, I love that, that bit of advice. Um, and with that word purpose, I want to just come back to something you touched on because you talked about the YOS mm-hmm. um, discovery tool, and that's something that I've worked with, and I know you work with it a lot. And and I actually had had Dan Dominguez on a few episodes ago, and and he gave I think the listeners a nice intro to that. But I'd love to get your take on the impact you're finding from helping people understand their why, and then what are you seeing from people in terms of, you know, what, what do they do when they get that information and that understanding? Thanks. Yeah. It's the, the two things that I I think I would mention Mm -hmm. there are. So one of the questions we ask is what's your core belief? Mm -hmm. That's a really kind of big life's work question to answer, which (laughs) there can be really good answers, but it's, it's a bigger, more thoughtful, let me think about that. You know, what is truth? What is beauty? I mean, yeah. But YOS is not like that. Mm-hmm. You get an answer that, in my experience, is almost unsettlingly accurate. <laughs> yep. And it is in the range of questions. It's nice to start with. Here's something that you know about yourself. Mm. You like to find a better way and to share it. I'm a better way person. That's mm-hmm. you know, yes, I am. So suddenly mm-hmm. I have a really powerful cornerstone mm-hmm. for me. And I've never seen it. I've never seen it not complement what people already knew. Yeah. That it didn't displace things. Mm-hmm. But it really identified it was why do I do everything I do, not why mm-hmm. do I do something? You yeah. Know, I might lose weight to look better in my suit when I'm giving a talk, mm-hmm. which is why I do something. Mm-hmm. But it's why I do everything. Yeah. It's a really nice place to kind of go, oh, and it's a framework, mm-hmm. uh, which is a framework gives us a new way to look at the world. Mm-hmm. Of some fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what it is. And in it's, it's unnervingly accurate. I mean, I, yeah. And, you know, when you do it, it's, it's really fun to do with a person. Mm-hmm. It's really exceptionally fun to facilitate an event. I, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you also find out what other people's why mm-hmm. is. Yeah, light bulbs and, start going off. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of go, oh, well, I always get along easy with TJ mm-hmm. because 
we both have a pretty strong, better way, mm-hmm. make sense element yeah. in iOS. Mm-hmm. There's going to be someone else at the organization who doesn't share that overlap. Yeah. Who it's harder to connect with. Yeah. And when it's harder to connect and we don't have a really insightful tool to help us know why, mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh, they don't like me. They don't oh, like me. They I don't, don't like them. Oh, yeah. Know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you kind of go, oh, well, we just have a, re- we approach the world really differently. Mm-hmm. And often you kind of go, and wow, I am really grateful yeah. because what they do in our, in our team, mm-hmm. that why is really handy. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that's that. the, yeah, but the, I like that it provides an answer and I'm going to mm-hmm. double back to kind of my friend, Diana Wood David's mm-hmm. proof group. We're launching cohort 10 mm. and she has a really wonderful curriculum. Yeah. Uh, like, like identifying values and all sorts of, you know, what, what do we look like now? You know, mm-hmm. multiple lenses, mm-hmm. any of which, really take some work. But we start mm-hmm. with the YOS because we kind of go, here's something to start with. Yeah. Refine it a little bit, but we're going to start here mm-hmm. and see where that gets you. And so sometimes it's just having two stakes in the ground that you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's really settling. That's comforting. Okay. Yeah. This, this is who I am. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a couple things there. One, you mentioned doing it in a group. The, the why discovery and that's how I did it. I, I did it at a an international coaching federation summit, and I, it was it was absolutely like you know that uncanny moment of just like oh my god this so I'm gonna make sense why and you know it just made sense to me. I was like oh my gosh everything I do is through that lens and that that is both a good thing. It is sometimes a frustrating thing for my wife when, when she's like, why are you digging into this so much? But it's just, that's my thing. And like, my wife is a, is a clarify and it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, now I get why you're sort of like layering lots of questions onto something because of that. And I think there is that beauty of self-awareness and how easy it is for it to immediately click. And, and I think we're all searching for some of that to just have something to, to help our, our, our view of the world kind of makes sense to us, but that ability to go, oh, you view the world a little bit differently. And now I think I know how to talk to you better. Um, how much better a workplace can become when, when I know that, oh, they're a right way person. They really value process. And I'm, that's the lowest on my list, but, <laughs> we, but, but we need you, right? It's like, yes. if we didn't have you, um, we'd all just be scrambling around here, throwing ideas into the world, um, trying to understand things, but never doing anything and never, never getting anything across the finish line. Um, and so now you, you, you see the value more clearly in what that other person brings. And so now your conversations are better and now your team dynamic is better. So I love that you're, you're doing this work in a lot of ways, but when you're, you're talking about incorporating it into the curriculum that Diana's doing, like. That sounds fascinating because you give people a quick win and you're already setting the table for really good conversations within that group because now people know where people sit. And that's that's a wonderful gift. Yeah. The other piece I would just add is you know, it's reasonable to kind of for someone to go, what's this good for? Yeah. And I go, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And for me, the fun answer is if I was being asked to be on a board or to volunteer for something, but you could also kind of go to do a job. Mm-hmm. And they came to me and I'll use kind of the nine whys as the framework. And they said, mm-hmm. we really need someone to clarify what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then to, to really master it at great depth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what we really are going to count on you is to build relationships based on trust. Mm-hmm which is fantastic. I kind of go, I am not your guy. Yeah. I want you to find someone who's great at that. Mm -hmm. But if you want the best of me, and this is kind of gets back to how, how would I de-suckify my workplace? Yeah. If you want the best of me, give me a chance to find better ways and to share it Mm -hmm. 
by making sense out of things that are complicated or complex mm-hmm. for a team or a group. Mm-hmm. It is irresistible bait for me. Yeah, I just kind of go, yeah, sign me up. I, I'll, yeah. I'll do that all day long. You know, I'll just, mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. Doing that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Such a simple thing too, to introduce into a team structure and have a, a leader get some understanding of like, oh, now that I know that Watson wants to to find better ways to do things and really kind of dig dig in and and make sense of stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna start funneling more of that stuff to him. And oh, by the way, this person over here who's more of a, a clarify and, and and mastery person, I've got some deep work that yeah. I can I can give to that person. And and so it, it creates an instant awareness of of how to to sort of start to delegate some of the stuff you're doing where, where otherwise we're sort of just guessing, you know, I think this person likes this kind of thing, or it's their turn to do this really cool kind of project, which might actually not be cool to them at all, because it's asking them to make sense of something. And, and they're, they're a trust person and they're a, or they're a simplified person. And so, um, I, I think what we, we desperately need more of in work is simple ways to provide self-awareness team and, and, and organization-wide awareness that is almost instantly applicable. Um, and that's what I love. Immediately actionable. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, there's lots of different tools out there, but I think why, um, the YOS benefits from being super easy to grasp and then super easy to see like, probably three quick bullet points of like, how can I take this and put this into my team? How can I take this myself and, 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 and align my work better to, to who I am? Um, and I think that's, that's a, that's a wonderful gift to give to people, to give to organizations. And I think it's, it's awesome that you're, you're doing all of that kind of work. Um, and I, and I want to, I want to start to, to kind of move us towards the close here. And there's a couple of questions I'd like to to get in front of you, Watson, before we do that. And we're talking about desuckifying work. Um, and I, I'm hearing some wonderful ideas around resilience, around understanding your why. And then you talked about things, these bigger, deeper thoughts like core belief, um, community. But if you could just kind of wave a magic wand and and create a, 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 a fully desuckified work world, what does that look like to you? You know, I'm, I'm gonna tilt my hand a little bit here. If I could do it, I would get rid of money. Mm, wow. So we would live in like, you know, kind of this Star Trek universe where <laughs> people just kind of do what they're drawn to and they mm-hmm. get a lot, whatever the work is, they get a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. in doing it. And there's no coercion and there's no threatening. Mm-hmm. And there's no, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to lose, you know, all of the, that. that's just gone. Yeah. And there's kind of enough for, there's already enough for everyone, mm-hmm. but that kind of becoming real, kind of people going, oh, there's enough. Mm. There's enough, there's enough heat, there's enough water, there's enough yeah. food, there's enough, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, yeah. and it's not this kind of scarcity mentality, kind of hoarding mm. um, tax, you know, what whatever. And it's kind of like, Oh, we don't need money anymore. Mm, wow. So that's a pretty big magic wand. (laughs) I like it though. I think you're, 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 you're taking the full power of that magic wand and putting it to good use. And I think, I think it's, 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 what I love about that answer is one, that's something to think about and dream about and, and, and figure out how do we get there. But it's, it's also just, what does that then inspire? And I think it starts to inspire people to think about things differently and to, to, to use some of your why language. It's going to spark a lot of better way thinking where people are like, what, what would be a better way? How do we get to something where it feels more like that, where it is not the scarcity, but it is the abundance mindset and everybody is free, you know, and I like that word free from coercion, just the freedom to, to be who you are and bring your best self to the world. Um, you mentioned Star Trek, and um, it, it reminds me of the, the world of um, sound effects that I like to play in. I think if, if you've watched my podcast at all, I, I'm big on the cat sounds, and uh, I've asked some of my previous guests to add some of their own sound effects. Um, you know, what 
what might you be willing to to add to our our uh, ongoing desuckified sound effect library? Well, while Star Trek has gotten rid of money, they yeah. still have weaponry and they get into fights with other people, but they always yeah. seem to be on the side of good. Like mm -hmm. similar to there was an old show called The Rifleman that I like a lot. Mm. And he he'll, he kills somebody every show, mm. but it's always for good. Yeah. So I don't quite know how to untangle that, but in my world, I kind of go, yeah. So I like a for, a photon torpedo. So it's, it's kind of like. Doom. In fact, I think I can make one on the computer. Okay. And then I'll make one myself. So that's pretty good. <laughs> and there's something deeply satisfying about that sound. And I can't really tell you why it might be just nostalgia, but. <laughs> you know, but nostalgia is real. You know, it that's, is. Not, that's not make believe. No, it is it is real, and I'm I'm definitely somebody who 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 enjoys a bit of nostalgia at times. So I appreciate the, the 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 slight stroll down some of the the memory lane of some of the older shows and movies that we've had a chance to do. Um, well, Watson, be, before we go, I want to give people a chance to to be able to dig in and find you in, in this virtual world because you've got, you're doing so many good things. So what what are the best ways for people to find you online? Um. My website is all one word, hashtag resilience.com. Okay. And so that is the easiest way to get a hold of me. So hashtag resilience.com. Nice. Uh, is the place to go. And mm -hmm. if, uh, can you put my kind of LinkedIn profile in the episode notes? So that's, yeah, I can. That's a little. That's a little. That's a little wordy to spell out. Yeah, cool. no, I will absolutely get. I'll put it all. I'll put that and your website in the show notes, just so people oh, have good. an easy way to to click and go. But I will say your website is is wonderful. Um, my favorite part is is your speaking page because it shows you doing your handstands, which is kind of your trademark move. You talked yeah. about exercising. How long have you been doing the handstands for? maybe five or six years you yeah. know and it, it doubles back to uh community and hope mm -hmm. but i like to go to yoga i started going to yoga about 10 years ago hot ash mm -hmm. yoga nice and i went the first time i went i when i left i said can i come back tomorrow i mean it was immediately but i i saw these people doing all sorts of stuff and i was mm -hmm. initially a little intimidated Sure. But then I went, I bet I can do this. And mm -hmm. so I started asking people, you know, a friend of mine sent me the name of a guy who he's a handstand teacher. So wow. he even kind of came and to the studio one time and did. I, so I, I got so I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of like it. And nice. when I do it. With the group, part of the message is, is this a little self-indulgent maiden? <laughs> but it's a good reminder that when I change my perspective, I can see things differently. Mm. And if I want to make some progress, I need to be willing to see things differently because mm -hmm. the same thing gets the same thing. I mean, mm. there's, there's no getting around that. So yeah. And it's fun to do. And, yeah. and I don't think it's that hard. And people are amazed. Like, oh, <laughs> is he really going to do it? And I kind of go. I love the, the flipped perspective is wonderful. I will say the, the emotions that come off of that um, hope, momentum, energy. Um, I, I almost feel like I could just run and just go right into a handstand myself. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to necessarily uh, break anything, but, but it does what it does. And I think this is a beautiful effect of it. Um, even if you just go to the, your website and see you doing it, it just suddenly makes you think that that new and different things are possible. And, and if that's, if that's all people get from visiting your website, that's already a pretty massive gift. Yeah. It, it, Cause Things are possible. We can make our world more the way we want it to be. Really, I can. agree. I agree. Well, Watson, and it, it's easier to do it with people. It's yeah. harder to do alone. I agree. That's that's a really wonderful part of your message, and I it's it's a good reminder for me because I can I can get inside myself a little bit sometimes, like some folks, and and I love being reminded of 
the value of connection and the value of community. And, uh, and I think a lot of folks will probably resonate that with that as well. So, so Watson, thanks for just bringing so much good energy, good momentum, and, and a lot of hope to, to this podcast. And I really appreciate you being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Desuckify Work Podcast. And thanks to Watson for being an upbeat and uplifting guest. You can follow Watson on LinkedIn and check out his website at hashtagresilience.com. While you're there, be sure to take a look at his speaking page where you'll catch a glimpse of Watson's trademark handstands and learn about the energy he can bring to your next event. No handstands for me. I'm more of a hand with donut and face kind of a guy. If you'd like to hear more about that, or perhaps something related to my coaching work, let's talk. I'll put a link in the show notes so we can get something scheduled. Bye everyone.